Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Warwoodell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how are you? Tick, 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 tick. That's the clock, the doomsday clock for your Philadelphia 76ers. I like how they're now my Philadelphia 76ers after they lose a couple of games. They were never mine. So... You know we record all this, right? I absolutely do, and I'm the man that said Raptors in six. Turns out Raptors in seven. I was close enough. It, it has literally never happened before in the history of the NBA. I think 145 teams, when when a team has started out 0-3, uh, there have been like, a, the team is like 100, it's something like 0-145 in the series. Well, so I brought some stats. The okay. Sixers are the hundred. They're are the hundred and forty sixth team to go up three zero in a playoff yeah. series. So I, I was right, one forty five. This is the first time in seven years, it's thirty three series, that there's going to be a game six. Okay, and it's just the fourteenth time of those hundred and forty six times that there even needs to be a game six, and only three of those series went to game seven. No team's ever blown the 3-0 lead. Thank you, John Clark from NBC uh, Sports in Philadelphia. But I am telling you, this is the team. <laughs> this is the team. It's lining up perfectly. It couldn't be more the team. I saw a uh, I saw a comment from Kendrick Perkins that I thought was funny. And then I, I kind of thought, oh, that makes sense. And he said the worst thing that happened to the 76ers in this series was that Fred Van Vliet got hurt. I, I mean, I, th- I think there's something to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's dead on. I think he's absolutely dead on because you talk about somebody who wasn't playing very well mm-hmm. and was a liability defensively, and now they don't have to play him. Well, and not just that. They get to play this ultra, probably the single most switchable lineup in NBA history. A bunch of six foot seven to six foot nine guys who can guard everybody. A reasonable amount of ball handling left with Siakam and Barnes. It's a kind of a little bit of a cheat code. It's not great. It's not great at all. <sighs> buddy. It's just so disappointing. So disappointing that this is the way it ends. The first team ever to blow a 3-0 lead. Sad. That's not, it is not going to end. This, but this, I, mean, Chris, I, I, do think, I do think it gets back to Philadelphia for Game 7, which is going to make me furious because that's going to be on day uh, two of the NFL draft. This, this series should have been over. It yeah, should agreed. have been done. Well, and- okay, it should have been. But, again, statistically speaking, they were almost never going to uh, – they were almost never going to win that game three because Scott Foster was the official. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen all those stats as well. Absolutely. I'm sure you've seen the stats uh, when games officiated by Scott Foster, James Harden is one in 13 in his career. And it's also worth pointing out that when you combine uh, James Harden with Chris Paul, they go to one in 27 all time. And that one win just happened to be the one time they played each other. Seems weird. Seems to be it, a weird coincidence. Yeah, it's, at a certain point, statistical anomaly goes away and there is some underlying issue. I, how, how dare you question the validity of the NFL? NBA. NBA, sorry. I got NFL on the brain. It's draft week. But yes, it, it, it's insane. It's It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand how one official can have that much of a track record and maybe never a red flag gets raised. Well, and the other thing, uh, what was it? Foster was Foster has, and his crew have a, a, a dominant propensity to make calls in favor of teams that are down in the series. Now I will say that they ended up in, 
in Boston for that game last night, and uh, Boston did, in fact, sweep the Nets. They did. Sands, uh, Sands, uh, Benjamin Simmons. I don't, I don't know who that is. I can't imagine. Who would, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that they are not happy with that guy. How could they be? How could they I, be? It is crazy though how people are just laying in on him. Everybody, be it be it Reggie Miller or Stephen A. Smith or Kendrick Perkins, just everybody is. And well, Barkley and and Shaq were absolutely brutal. This is the same group of people who were yelling at Philadelphia fans the day of the trade about Ben Simmons' issues. Uh, some of them. I, I wouldn't include Shaq and Barkley in that group. But. Sure, but um, uh, th- this it is the same group. It proves that it's all BS and that it's just a narrative to scream at Philadelphia sports fans. It was the day that I was furious about this. It's all the same. It, it's all the same. And it, But it's, it's at this point... What what are we supposed to do, or what are you supposed to do as an analyst when this continues to be the case? What are you supposed to yeah, do? It's a joke. It's an ab- It's an absolute joke. This guy is just... And I was talking to some people about this the other day. It's like, Ben Simmons doesn't like basketball. Ben Simmons likes what basketball does for him. And all of a sudden, basketball became a thing that he was made fun of for, and he didn't play for a year. A year! A full season! He missed an entire season and you know he didn't come back in game four because it was a potential elimination game that's why i don't think he came back and he didn't come back in game four because he's a coward and he was never going to well there's also that part (laughs) i think the notion that he was going to return like what is the difference between game three and game four it was two days either you're good or you're not play basketball or don't but if you're not going to go away I yeah, I just don't understand it. I don't know I don't know where where it all went wrong and like you can blame feel free to blame the the Philadelphia sports fans cuz they already do anyway. But like it, it at a certain point it's clearly not just that. It just isn't. And For like sure. it maybe it's the fact that you were the guy you're the number one talent the number one recruit the number one draft pick the number one this the number one that and slowly when you get to where the highest level of play is you get exposed your weaknesses get exposed partially they were exposed in college and then in the nba they really were exposed and now we're here where you didn't play for an entire season for a litany of reasons who knows you know the full extent of them but, like, if I'm Brooklyn's front office, I'm furious. Oh, like, sure. furious at this situation. I, I saw a crazy, uh, <laughs> a crazy thing that in that in game three, when he was out warming up in the shoot around with the team, uh, he he only took one shot. The rest of the time he spent passing the ball. I genuinely think and I genuinely believe. Ben Simmons is just scared of stepping back onto that court and looking bad. I don't even know. Like, I, you're going to get, you're you're going to get, it, like you're going to get mocked. That's just how it works. That's how what being a professional athlete is. It's part of the game, especially yeah. in today's society with t- social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it doesn't matter. Pick your poison in terms of social media. You're getting mocked on there. It's happening. It doesn't matter what you do. You could you could do something great. There's still going to be a hater somewhere deep down. It's probably going to be me for most situations. <laughs> like there is going to be a hater even when a team is successful. It that just the way it is. Team, person, player, it does not matter. I didn't want like, to call you out, but I was thinking it. I mean, yeah, that's fine. I I'm, I I enjoy I enjoy being the person that can rain on in multiple parades, regardless of the situation. Uh, if, it, and this attitude is, it's the reason that a guy who should have been one of the 20 best basketball players to ever play the game, a guy who should be a bigger, faster LeBron James turned into Draymond Green without the heart. Yeah, it's exactly what he is. Yeah, Draymond Green shoots better than him. 
And he shoots terribly. Yeah, Draymond like, had that one year where he was pretty good, but he's pretty bad ever. Like <laughs> every other year. It's it's wild. It's absolutely wild. The fact that this man he just sat for an entire year. Like mm-hmm. I, I never, ever thought this would be possible. I couldn't envision a, a scenario where the trade happened and he just still didn't play. Like that that just can't be real. It can't be what really happened. That was crazy. And it's not like, you know, you can't correct your issues. Look at a guy like Lonzo Ball. I would argue that Lonzo's jumper was maybe more broken than Ben Simmons coming into a, coming into the NBA, though he certainly had more of a willingness to shoot the ball. Lonzo went from, he shot 5.73s a game as a rookie at 30%. And last year, he shot 7.43s a game at 42%. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy what actually working on your game as opposed to just posting a picture of you in a gym with your shirt off does. Like yeah. actual practice and actual like going about wanting to be better matters. It makes a difference. Like it, training with people who can actually help you versus, you know, uh, my brother's going to teach me how to shoot a jump shot. Like that's <laughs> why didn't his brother teach him at any point earlier in their lives? Uh, that's a good question, Chris, and one I ask myself on a regular basis. It's it's just it's baffling me. And I'd argue Lonzo had an even bigger task in in becoming a contributing NBA player because he had all the off the not his fault, but off the court stuff with his dad and how boisterous and how loud he was. Mm-hmm. Like like that is. That is so much hard. Do we talk about LeVar Ball anymore? No, well, no we talk because about, he's irrelevant now. Well, that that too, but we talk but he's irrelevant because two of his sons, one was an NBA All-Star this year, and the other is a key contributor on a team. Now, granted he got hurt and he missed a decent amount of this year, but clearly a key contributor on on a team. Like mm-hmm. They, they, you don't have to talk about LeVar Ball anymore because it doesn't have to be the story anymore. It's not the story anymore. And well, it, it became a play. Lonzo arguably mechanically was more messed up than Ben was too. Oh, definitely. In, in terms of his shot. Lonzo shot 45% from the foul line. He shot, Lonzo shot 41% from the foul line his second year in the NBA. And his last, the last foolish year he had, he shot 78%. I mean, to be fair, uh, to be fair, like it, Ben shoots with the wrong hand. <laughs> like mm. it's that's a huge part of it. So I don't. I mean, I, that it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know what else is crazy? Underdog has uh, has made the foray into YouTube. We got to uh, we did a little Better's Delight YouTube uh, episode last week. How'd you think that went? It was certainly uh, certainly an interesting first uh, dip of the toes into the video format. Uh, it definitely adds something to the show. I don't know what that something is, but there, there's an element of, uh, of comedy that comes along with just the video alone, whether it's facial hair, uh, hmm. whether it's the, the looks that you, you give when someone says something utterly ridiculous. There's... Uh. I feel like we're talking about on. responding to the same person. We might be. No, but there's <laughs> there they it just it's 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 a fun new sort of exciting little wrinkle into the the world of Better's Delight. So yeah, I'm happy ta- about it. I, I was talking to Matt later that night and I said, "Hey, you know, man, what do you what do you think the the bar is to do to to do another one?" And it's like, oh, "If we get a thousand, we get a thousand views." Well, I would do it again. Sixty-six hundred. I'll take it. I'll take it all day. That's an eye-opening experience to see those numbers just skyrocket. No, I I do think, and I and I've told Matt this, and I think you should also prepare. I would expect a a dip this week and for the next couple because that first week is like, what's this? The novelty of it, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out what the real number is. You know, probably probably by the the beginning of June and that's where we really start building up. And that's the true audience of the show. I 1000% expect a dip in everything that I do. So (laughs) I have, I mean, I have zero, zero faith in 
hitting that number again because I am overall just a nervous person who doesn't expect good things to ever happen. So does the tangible metric of being able to see a number create more stress for you? Oh, absolutely. One thousand percent. As opposed to you you being like, hey, what are the numbers? Let's think about that. Even that. When is the last time? I know you do not ask. When is the last time that I have ever been the person that was like, hey, man, what's the numbers on this show? Never. I don't think it's ever happened. Unless unless pressured by one Matthew Crone to do that. That is the only time I ask. And it's because of because of him. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I would expect a little dip, but we're I think the numbers can be good. I, I think I think it's conceivable that by the time we get to football season, it's a consistent five digit number. I'm fine with that. More than fine with that. I think uh, I think it's uh, I think that's certainly possible. And also last night. Oh, boy. The biggest video editing uh, extravaganza of my life. R- a real shot there. I did a a live mock draft with my NFL show co-host Mario Hines, uh, Quincy Hicks from the Q&E podcast, and Ed Hunt from NFL Draft Blitz. Oh my goodness, man. Oh my goodness. For, it, really fun, for sure. But I'm not sure if you've you've seen the video. It was a... It was a, an edit <laughs> to get everything going at the same time. You know, we've got the four of us. We've got the, the the actual mock draft screen. We've got some highlights in there from player picks. It was fun, and it was just. It took me forever, and uh, and I was I was scared because the way I had to do it, I can't I can't hear the audio uh, when I. When I'm going back into OBS, I can't, it doesn't play audio. So I was playing a preview version of it alongside the other one running when I had to go back and add the highlights and stuff. And within 25 minutes, the audio was out of sync to a degree that I couldn't even imagine. Uh, yeah, and I, and I was just praying, knowing that I had an hour left of watching this edit, that the final product would be okay. I couldn't imagine that undertaking, and of course, I've seen the video, Chris. I'm a subscriber to the YouTube channel. Well, thank you. We we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, oh my God, dude, it was, and also everybody should be watching a praise the phrase. Mario show is also very good, but. Um, all of a sudden, look and check out In Pursuit of a Parlay when it comes back uh, next week after the NBA NFL draft. We've got ourselves a nice little, a nice little grouping on there, buddy. Yeah, it would be nice to get Sean back once he gets healthy because he actually does the other, uh, the other stuff. So it'd be good. It's interesting to see where we're going. Uh, I, I've always said that I thought the the video element was going to be a key component for you guys just because you know the the voices are a little similar i think people can get more more tied to to the individual hosts and uh, all of that build the fandom a bit more gregory yeah and if i could only trust those clowns to write their picks down accurately the issue <laughs> is is there's one person on the show who chooses not to write them in his phone. He Mm. writes them in absolutely unreadable chicken scratch on a piece of paper, and then if I ask for him to send me something, they are a picture of an unreadable piece of paper. Well, that's an interesting strategy. It's I mean, yeah, I guess. He had the (laughs) worst... Go ahead. I was going to say, he had the worst week in show history. Listen for it this week on on the episode. Just an abysmal showing from your two-time champion abysmal not uh we're not not trending towards a three-peat at this point uh, right now we are now we have time because of the way we split up the seasons it's basically half a year versus half a year we decided that it's like it'll go basically the beginning of like week zero of college football all the way through the be- right before the beginning of march madness Mm-hmm. And then March Madness all the way through the beginning, like obviously the beginning of uh, college football. You know, it splits up the year kind of evenly. The weeks are uh, roughly the same. Um, 
But right now, it's still technically early, but this man's going to need to bring some winners. Uh, that's all I'll say. Zed. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you'll be, my, I have a very, very keen feeling that there will be a trophy that arrives in someone else's mail uh, shortly. Well, I don't know. I, that assumes that I buy them anytime soon. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, plaques. That's quite. No, can I tell you? I was thinking championship belts. I mean, listen, championship belts could get a little pricey. No, it's like it's one every six months. Who cares? I listen. Not my money. I don't care. You can do whatever you want with it. Wait, I was told you were paying for all. Oh well, then. Then greeting cards. <laughs> Send each person a greeting card. Solid gold greeting cards. Congratulations. Like <laughs> Congratulations on your retirement. Every one of them. Well, your uh, your two-time champ did announce his retirement last year. The man retires from gambling roughly every time he every every time he gets back into it. It takes about a week to two weeks to three weeks. He loses something ridiculous, and then there's frustration that sets in. He retires from all gambling for, I don't know, a month, two months, and then he's back. He, he makes his he makes his triumphant return to just last turn around time, and retire. Last time it was literally like two days. Oh yeah, that was a bad one. That was that was a bit, <laughs> and it's funny because like it's it's not like it's life changing money. It's like yeah. he lost like seven five dollar bets, and the and the world's ending. Like that's 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 what it is. It's crazy. Seven five thousand dollar bets. I know. Oh, yeah, exactly. If that were the case, it might be a much different story and a much different reaction. If we're being honest, I assume when we talk about numbers, we're talking stacks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're we just have uh, we all have tons and tons. We have racks and racks of cash. Racks and racks of stacks. <laughs> Gregory, the NFL draft is coming up in oh boy, less than forty eight hours. That's that's a weird one. How you feeling about these Philadelphia Eagles? I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to do. They could literally do anything, and I don't know. I don't know if I'll be happy or sad. You'll be unhappy, probably. I mean, that's a, you're. You know what? You're probably not wrong. Like you're probably <laughs> not wrong. I'm probably gonna dislike mostly anything that they choose to do. Even though last year I was mighty happy. Two years ago I was correct, one thousand percent. Uh, one actually, I guess, yeah, that would have been two years ago. I was, I've never been more right on a take in my entire life than the Jalen Rager immediate hatred of the pick just to get Justin Jefferson next screaming, Justin Jefferson screaming his name that we yeah. need to pick him. Well, and, and that, that was a funny draft too, because I think, I think Philadelphia Eagles fans were kind of resigned to the fact that the Eagles were going to take what appeared to be the boring choice in Justin Jefferson, and uh, yeah, if only. I mean, if if only indeed. Uh, but hey, listen, you have to move on. You have to just, you know, by move on, I mean don't ever forget or stop bringing it up. Just mm -hmm. just look to the next pick and pray to in God fact, they. In fact, somehow try to find a way to work Ben Simmons into the conversation. As well. <laughs> always, always. Uh, speaking, I mean, not to go completely backwards, but the other night watching the Pelicans, I just yeah. think like. What if it had just been Brandon Ingram? What if we had just done that? How how life would have been different? But well, you could you could have uh, right now you could have Ingram and Jason Tatum with uh, <laughs> with uh, Joel. <laughs> I mean, what a world we would live in! What a world we'd have multiple titles, multiple championships. Or at least, uh, hold your horses on that, but or, or at, in the future potentially, or at least multiple conference final appearances. I don't know. Uh, I, I do think uh, Jason Tatum took until last year to really figure. And honestly, at the beginning of this year, the Celtics kind of stunk. And that's because Tatum and Jalen Brown were both in this, like, I'm a superstar, I'm the man phase. They had to get past that, start playing team basketball again in order for this turnaround to happen. And Ingram, Ingram's breakout year was really last year. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I would have, I would have accepted that last year because... The expectations would would have sure been high, but it, it, it there's just these guys actually want to deliver. They work hard. They go and train. Yeah. This is what these guys, these NFL picks. This is what you're looking for in this case. Like it's funny that we're talking about that. Like that, that it, it sort of comes full circle from two guys in Tatum and Ingram who clearly put in the work, clearly want to get better in, in at their craft, 
And now we're looking at NFL teams that are looking for guys who are going to want to do that as well. Like Just pick Duke players, man. I guess. Maybe that is the case. Um, I just, I don't, I don't see, I just don't, I don't understand how life, how life works with this stuff. I really don't. Sports are weird. Sports are weird. That is true. Sports are very weird. Um, well, there's a lot of talk that your guy, Jalen Rager could be traded this weekend. How are you feeling about that? I'd be, I, I, I just to get it out of the conversation, at least because on a, every Sunday, Every Sunday in the fall is just ruined by a, a bad play, a bad route, a drop pass, a, a boneheaded move. Uh, get him, Ortega Whiteside, package them for a, a, a you know a compensatory seventh round pick and like JJ Ortega tight end. I stop it. I can't. I can't do it. The man has hands of stone. That might have been one of that might have been one of the greatest gambling breakdowns of all time. He dropped that pass in the end zone, the play that effectively ended his season last year, yeah. and it cost someone a, a, a bet that would have hit for five thousand dollars. Yeah, and <laughs> it was a it was I've a meltdown like you've never seen, never seen. That's totally fair, totally fair, and and to be uh, to be expected. Just watch now. Arthago Whiteside apparently already put on like ten pounds, fifteen pounds. He's going to show up. He's gonna beat out Dallas Goddard next year. Oh my I'm, God. pred- I'm predicting 95 catches and 108 touchdowns. Hey, stop it! Stop it! You I think that's unrealistic? I don't. Know. I think he can do that. It's, it's not happening. Not happening anytime <laughs> soon. Never. No, nah, but he's gonna make the team though. Of course he is, because you have no other tight ends. Because you got rid of Zach Ertz. I mean, getting rid of Zach Ertz was the right move, and I think you know that. Dallas oh, no, Goddard I don't disagree. A, but Goddard was a completely different player once Ertz was gone. He could actually be the guy. Uh, you yeah, know. He was really great at dropping important passes. He was a very solid, sure-handed guy who can't run the right route and drops important passes. Here's the thing about you is that you hate <laughs> – I think you hate sports. I, it's I not think that you might I hate, hate sports. sports. I don't know if it's sports necessarily. But I certainly, certainly hate a lot of things when it comes to. Not that I hate. I I am able to see, I am able to see the downside of many things where pie in the sky pl- people, pie in the sky fans can only view positive, uh, or they they only choose to view the positive side of it. And the issue with that is, as a Philadelphia fan, there's only been two times in my lifetime, at 33, mm-hmm. that I have seen. All positive. Nothing but positive. It was 2008. It was October. And the Phillies won a World Series. And it was 2018. It was January. And the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Other than that, other than that, it has been nothing but misery and disappointment and despair. So when someone tells me that Matisse Theibel is such an important piece of an NBA team... And then you you watch him play, and he's this wing defender that's supposed to be so good, and he looks like a turnstile for the subway. It's not great. It's not great. Specifically for the subway, though. Well, whatever. Turnstile for the stadium. I Has a role. I almost got stuck in the turnstile. Like, I got my pants caught at opening day for the Phillies game. Almost went head over heels over it. It would have been an absolute nightmare in front of 60,000. Now that would have helped the YouTube channel. It really would have. It really would have. Oh, man. But That's but embarrassing. It would have been really bad. It would have been really, really bad. What's what's your what's like what are your most embarrassing public uh public incidents? Oh, I mean, I'm sure I've done a number of dumb things. Uh Man, I'm trying to think. Uh I, I I got I I know one of mine, so I will tell you what you think. <clears throat> uh, freshman basketball. We're going to I don't remember where we were going. It was an away game though. Get off on the bus in front of for whatever reason. There just happens to be a bunch of kids out at the school. A lot you know a lot of males and a lot of a lot of the females were out there as well. Uh, I take a step and I go down. <laughs> <laughs> Never good. Took a step, went down. There's a lot of laughing. There was a lot of laughing, but 
this guy had 22 that night, so I got the last laugh. I mean, who? Yeah, who? Who's gonna look down at that? That yeah. you can't well, do that. Literally everybody. I, I I'm so thankful that this was prior to the the Snapchats and the TikToks of the world. Oh, I think about that daily. I I thought of one. I was like, I don't know, 12, 13. Neighborhood day after school, out at a buddy's place, jumping on trampoline. I gotta go. It's time to leave. I uh, I get into, I get on my bike, and I'm riding. And I had a watch. I looked at the watch, and there was definitely people outside because it was a nice day, and it was like five o'clock, yeah. five thirty probably. Get on my bike. I'm starting to ride it away. I look down at my watch, and when I look up. I smashed directly into the back of a parked car. And I mean, like, <laughs> looked up lo- looked up, and just immediately, like, it was right there. Uh, I bit my lip so hard that I eventually had to get stitches. Uh, I was just bleeding everywhere. And, like, Sorry, people- this, this was walking or riding a bike? Oh, I was riding a bike. Okay, dude, you, uh, you got lucky. I know one of the, one of, I don't want to call them my friends, a person I knew growing up, growing up, Grewing? Uh, yeah, look, a lot of those words were right, the right words, and you guys just haven't heard of them yet. Uh, a person I knew growing up, more of a friend of my brother's than mine, was riding a bike, wasn't paying attention, similar situation, drove into a parked car, snapped his... What's the the upper upper leg oh, bone? Oh, no. Fibula. Oh, God. Yeah, that's about as painful an injury as you can have. Yeah, that... Thank God that's never been... That's never been the case. That's a bad one. That's a bad one. Uh, no. so, so even the stories about us end with the story, something yeah. worse about somebody else. I, I did have to explain to everyone the day of the Little League All-Star game when I was 12 why I was walking around with a cast on my left wrist that was brand new. Uh, and it yeah, was because... Was, I think you've told this story. Yeah, probably. It was, beca- it, was due to, it was due to my neighbor doing a swanton bomb. That's all I'll yeah. say. Yeah, we've. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that that story was told on an earlier episode. Not that I haven't repeated stories at ad nauseum. We I don't. Have. We don't need. We don't need to dig into it. It's just more. It's more embarrassment. I'm sure there's plenty others that exist. Plenty others that exist, and I can only imagine the the litany of them that aren't coming to uh, coming to my head at the moment. Professionally, I'm positive. <laughs> I've had ba- I've had dumb interactions. I once. Uh, I don't know if I have a terrible one. I once told uh, Matt was telling that story on the underdog about how he was in an interview and the guy was just he just told the guy straight out like I'm not the guy for this job. I did yeah. that. I did that too. Absolutely. Oh, I've done that. It was it was the best because I re- it was I was trying to find a new gig uh, once I moved home or no this actually might have been this actually might have been pre Verizon. Mm-hmm. had to have been and this this was all about like sequel and pre- like and like help desk stuff but you had to have all this other knowledge and the the minute this guy started diving into it the first question he asked i was like sir i have nothing i have i have zero i was able to bs my way through your initial recruiter uh to get into this room but there's no way I can sit here and just straight lie to your face and tell you that I have any sort of knowledge on any of the stuff you're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a similar one. I was probably 20-ish. Something a lot. Not maybe maybe a little bit younger than that. And I was just like I was looking for a job, nothing like serious, just whatever. And I saw that the Greenpeace was hiring. And in my head I thought, "Oh, That'll be cool. It'll be a bunch of people my age. It'll be fun. And I went to the interview in in something in Philadelphia. I don't I don't know. I forget where. Uh, and there it was me and I don't know. I, I would say I was probably thirty five years younger than anybody else applying. <laughs> and, and, and we're all sitting in this little this little like shitty room in what looked like a house in Philadelphia, but I guess it had been retrofitted to be a, to be a business or at least like a meeting room. And they're like, they're, they're asking for like examples of why you want to work for Greenpeace and what you think the greatest uh, threat to the environment is and blah, blah, blah. I got through one of them and then they came around a second time and I was just like, yeah, I don't really want to waste anybody's time. I'm just going to go. <laughs> the, the, the and it was a group interview. Oh no! 
<laughs> yeah, I, I no, it was yeah, it was like there was probably me and like six or seven other people in the room. I literally was just like, I'm not going to waste your time. This isn't for me. I'm going to go. Yeah. And walked and walked out without saying with anything that's, else. That's terrible. <laughs> I thought it was going to be fun, man. In my head, it was going to be like this campus I went to with a bunch of other like 20 year olds. I mean, it was worth a shot, I guess. Right. Yeah, like, it, I was relieved walking back to the car. And also Sometimes, relieved because I didn't get a ticket. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, never want tickets. But there are some times where you just kind of need that. You need that, like, you just need that relief of, like, I, I have to get out of this situation as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. As soon as possible. Oh, yeah, I've, I quit <laughs> three jobs in the middle of shifts. I get uh. it. Ah, dude, there. I don't think, and I haven't quit many jobs, but the day the day you walk out, after, Four. especially if, yeah, well, if I mean, I always finish shifts, but uh, <laughs> if if you if you do shift work and you're like that, the day you work that last shift and you hit that time clock, it is exhilarating, absolutely exhilarating to know that, especially if it's a shitty job. Yeah. To know that it's never you're never going to have to be in that situation again. I I left I worked a midday shift on a Thursday and I left that Verizon store. I had never, never been that happy <laughs> in my life to that point. It was the absolute best. Have knowing that I would never have to hear about someone's issue get yelled get told that i'm dumb for knowing the actual policies and rules when it came to owning a cell phone and what your contracts were like just not being talked to like i'm i'm the guy who sets all the pricing and does all that it it was exhilarating exhilarating yeah and now i'm thinking there might actually be five oh my god buddy (laughs) okay you thank god you work for yourself Now, well, that's the problem is I've always been like, I'm always been someone who needed to work for myself because I think other people are idiots. Well, I quit, I quit Domino's because, and I, okay. I was also, all of these were probably before I was 20 years old. Um, I was a child. It's at least respectable. I quit, I quit Domino's because it was a Friday night and literally everybody was out in the back smoking. And it was just me answering phones, making pizzas, and taking stuff out of the oven. And I kept asking for help, and I kept getting crap back. So I went to the back, took off my shirt, left while pizzas are falling onto the floor. That felt great. I Uh, I can imagine. Worked at a place called Odd Job, which was... It's in like the East Norton Shop... Well, a million years ago, was in the East Norton Shopping Center. And it was just miserable. They like I went in for an interview and they're like, Can you start today? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> I don't think uh, that's how I don't think that's how this works. Yeah, sir. Like, I I guess. I was kind of planning on getting lunch, but uh okay. Uh so then lunch came and then I left because it was horrible. <laughs> this one I do feel bad about. One of my buddies got me a job. It was at a restaurant that I don't think exists anymore on Ridge Pike, killing me that I can't remember what it was. But I was I was delivering uh, I was delivering food and I was driving my own car and it was one of those days where it snowed out of nowhere. Ooh. And I and it snowed bad. Uh, entirely possible that everyone knew it was going to snow and I just didn't. But it, I was not prepared. I was not prepared for snow. Uh, drove my car. Got I and I, I went to for a delivery. Uh, in a place on the west side of Country Hawken, and I parked in front of their driveway, like just kind of like blocking their driveway because I was going to be in and out, and uh, the car was stuck. Well, that will so, happen. So I walked to one of my friend's houses, and I was like, "Hey, can you drive me to this place?" And I went, I go, I go back, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, my car got stuck. I think it's going to get towed. I really got to deal with this." And they're like, hey, uh, just uh, deliver a little more pizzas with the store car. And I was like, hey, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> so I left that. Um, organized living, uh, which was my the last one of these. Yeah, these were all well below 20 because this was, organized living was the last one of these. 
and I, I guess I would have been 21 because I turned 21 at organized living. Um, it was just, I, you know, it was a dead end place. There were a bunch of new managers. The manager was a D bag. I couldn't deal with it anymore. I wrote a bunch of, I wrote a bunch of letters to like people who I was friends with and put it in their lockers. And I was like, Hey, uh, I'm quitting, but you know, here's you know, my cell phone. Here's us. Just uh, <laughs> didn't come back from lunch. And uh, I really, I'm pretty sure there was a fifth one, but I don't remember. I can't remember it now. I, I never didn't finish a shift. That that I never did. I always even the only job I ever ghosted was a, in, during college, and it was just an untenable situation at a, mm. at, a, a, at a at an establishment in State College, and it was just no thank you, no thank you after that shift. Thanks, thanks for nothing. Should have worked in Lingelsburg. I thought about it. I thought about just move there. I don't know. It doesn't matter. That feels like the good life, right? I mean, everything's remote. As long as my internet halfway works, I'm fine. I'm sure they don't have internet yet. Nah, that's probably true. At least not I'm, high speed. No, I am pretty sure they don't have internet. Actually, we got really lucky because um, when when we were moving in, we were we were supposed to get Spectrum, and I was pretty happy about Spectrum because it's like Verizon. You can get gigabit internet, and it's dual up and down. And I was like, cool. I called them to, to set up uh, service when I bought the house. And they're like, yeah, 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 we don't serve your area. And I was like, that's funny because I talked to you guys before and you said you did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like, no, we definitely don't. I was like, all right, well played Spectrum. Uh, so I, I called the, I only had one other option for gigabit internet. That's it. That was it. If they if it didn't work, it was out, and I was gonna have like twenty megabyte a second internet trying to run a what is effectively a tech company. Yeah. Hey, I, listen. That's I, I, they're mo- they're unbelievably unreliable. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I, I gotta have fiber. Gotta just, have fiber. You you do you do, but the issue is is that not everywhere has that. No, like I live just, in a, I live in a relatively nice neighborhood, and we don't have fiber. I don't I don't understand. Like you think it's at a certain point we're gonna have to we're gonna we're gonna everybody's gonna have to move to this. So like let's start rolling it out. Agreed. Right. Like. Yeah, I mean it's around. It's just it's not everywhere. And the issue is the issue that I suffer from is like some some of the like what were nicer neighborhoods when they were being built. One of the big obstacles is that all of the the wires are underground. So you can't just run wire. It's literally a whole process. Now, it's great because we don't have to look at power lines and shit like that. But it's a whole process. It is. It is most certainly a process. There's no doubt. I, I do think about that sometimes because I grew up in an area where power lines weren't really a thing. Mm-hmm. And now I live in an area where power lines are most certainly a thing. Like throughout my backyard, like <laughs> yeah. Pico has to come uh, every once in a while to like trim trees and stuff. Yeah, like, that's that's a real thing. Do you find and, cognitive dissonance towards it, though, where you kind of just like after a certain point, you don't you don't see them anymore, for lack of a better term? I guess kind of, but then they come into play when like we're we might be playing or might be doing something like out back, and like nah, they're definitely noticeable. When I'm jacking taters in the uh, off with the wiffle ball bat as mm-hmm. my wife pitches, and I'm hitting them, trying to hit them over the fence or over the house, and it hits a wire and gets knocked <laughs> out of the sky, I'm upset. Or it it just causes a uh, like what is the what was his name. A, I forget who Roy whatever in the natural type Roy explosion. Hobbs. Roy Hobbs type explosion. That that I I'd, I'd be a little concerned at that point. <laughs> I'd be fair. a little concerned. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it is weird. It's weird to think like n- having grown up around like almost no power lines to then being power lines everywhere. It's kind of crazy. When we were in California, we had there was a power line like going through of not so sturdy tree in my front yard and it was like and you could tell it had grown against it because it was like pushing it and pushing it anytime that thing could have snapped that's terrifying and and like house on fire and and the problem is uh at at least um i can't speak for pico but this was pg and e 
they they said that they're not responsible for tree care if it's 10 feet off of the curb that's your responsibility and uh, that was one of those situations where i was like well you know when this thing snaps <laughs> i feel like you guys are gonna be here yeah guess who we're suing and <laughs> it isn't myself so i know and even at, the problem is as a as a renter i'm not even sure if i could sue my my landlord could i don't know that's a good point I, it's great see my landlord might still <laughs> just for kicks. I mean, I don't know how it's going to work for you, but I don't, I don't hate it. She told me after we had, we, when we moved, I was like, Hey, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're moving across country, blah, blah, blah. I gave her as much notice as I could. Uh, it, it was a little bit less than a month. So I accept that there would be, you know, she would take some money out of the security deposit, whatever. And I was just like, hey, yeah, we're, you know, we're moving on, on so-and-so such a date and we're going to leave, you know, we're leaving blah, blah, blah. We're like, we're, we left the microwave. We put in new blinds. We did a bunch of shit for the house. We left it nicer than we found it. And, um, I got a text like two weeks after we moved and she's like, hey, when do you want to come do the walkthrough? Um, <laughs> it's like, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit confused by what you're saying to me right now. Just a tiny bit. But uh, not going to happen. And then I didn't hear from her for like two months. And then she's like, hey, you owe me $800. And, I, and you know, I didn't say anything at that point, but I knew this is going to be the last time we ever interact. <laughs> so <laughs> they actually tried to do a walkthrough multiple weeks after and then charge you? Yeah, no, she told That's... me uh, I, I owed her $800. Um, I forget what the reason was. I, I, the security deposit was only $2,500, which, which is crazy because it was that was like 66% of my one month's rent. Um, but I forget what she charged me for. She took a little, like, okay, she took a little bit of money because I did leave some stuff in the garage. And that's fair if you got to throw trash out and stuff like that. Oh, she's like, oh, you didn't have the house cleaned. Literally had a maid there the last day that I was there. Oh, you didn't have the carpets cleaned. Literally had the carpets cleaned two weeks before we left. Mm. She, yeah, and she's like, you owe me $800. And sent me an invoice. <laughs> yeah, we're not, we're not doing any of that. That's not happening. I feel like even she knew that nothing was going to happen because it's not like she's ever been like, hey, are you going to pay that invoice? It's just kind of uh, just kind of known. <laughs> it, it, our time it, together has come to an end. She sent it to your accounts receivable department, which is your trash can. It was perfect. Yeah. Well, if she uh, well, did you see that uh, that news story that some guy like built major companies, including like Microsoft and uh, maybe Amazon out of like $2.2 million because he just kept sending them fake invoices and they just kept paying it. Yeah. That is like the best, the best ever. Uh, no, like, I mean, it, it constitutes numerous instances of fraud. So let's oh, not say the best. Ever. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it was, you know, uh, a good action in terms of like morality, legally, but talk about talk about just figuring out a way to absolutely scam the system for at least a little bit. Like that's that's perfect. How do you feel about Elon buying Twitter? I don't. I it, I, I I'm about to say I don't care. But the, the the thing is, is the people that go crazy about it. It's like, all right, man. Then just stop using it. Like if you don't I, like, I think it, that's where I'm gonna fall. Like go go away from it if you don't. I'll never understand people's outrage for things. First of all, now if it's a private company, then it's like okay, cool, we're good. Go away and be done with it, and and don't come like don't use the product you don't want to be associated with. Yeah, there's there's that, and like honestly, if he does anything near what he says where you have to verify that you're a real person and it becomes less of a body platform, like, and who knows if that's even possible. I feel but like if it's that, not. Oh, it's definitely not. Twitter's way too far gone. So spending $44 billion is an unbelievably gigantic financial mistake. However, yeah. h however, like, if that were to become the case, then that improves the situation. Like, it, but other than that, like, 
Nobody needs Twitter. Nobody needs Twitter. Nobody needs Facebook. Nobody needs any of this shit. They just do it to waste time. Yeah, but I mean, but that's one position. But as someone who runs a company, that type of ability to get the product out to the masses is invaluable. But and is it really the masses? I understand. Well, no, the, of course I understand. Of course the, it, well, yeah, you can get it out to the masses. It's just a matter of who engages with it. But I, I see what you're saying for sure. Um, I don't know. I'm debating what we're going to do because I don't know. I think there's going to be a, a score of unblockings, of uh, unbannings. And I don't, you know, I don't, it's, I feel like cesspool is the direction it's headed. Yeah, but it's already been that. Like, if, you, if you're if you somebody yeah. who's been around on the internet, not just Twitter, but the internet in general, whether it was message boards back in 2007 to, to now, everything degenerates into something terrible for the most part when it becomes, when it comes to the internet, that's just the way it works. And this is just another example. Now, Twitter's a special type of, of shit, but yeah. it, it's just, that's, that's just how these, that's how these dumb things happen with the internet. Oh God! I think I gotta bounce. I think that's gonna be the thing. I don't. I don't know. It's just weird because I mean, Twitter is my news source. Yeah, you have to go back to reading all websites versus just one. <laughs> exactly just right. I just gotta. I gotta get a consolidated RSS feed to just have it kick to one one of the platforms. <laughs> it's gonna be. That's a. That's a nightmare. And, yeah, but at least sounds... I won't have draft picks spoiled for me in advance. That's true. That is true. You will not have to worry about Woj or, in this case, in the NFL, Schefter uh, and Ravel and those guys uh, crushing you. Not Ravel. I meant, yeah, I, I was like, thought it was I weird meant, that you brought up Darren Ravel. I meant, I meant McShay and like the ESPN people. I don't even know why Ravel was on my mind. Well, did you see Melly Mel? Uh, it will not be at the draft. Who? Kuiper? Yeah. I thought he retired years ago when Jimmy Clausen retired. Will not be at the draft. Is unvaccinated. I mean, okay. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't. Uh, you need to be vaccinated to to be in the building, and uh, Mel is not. Well, that stinks, Mel. I'll miss your terrible takes. And not that the take the takes aren't bad because of the the decision for vax status or not. The takes are bad because the the takes are typically bad. So okay, well, and just just to clarify, will be a part of the coverage. Oh will yeah, not be no. at the draft. Yeah, that's that. I, I assumed he would be skyping in in today in today's technological world. Uh, just like again. I thought he retired when Jimmy Clausen did. I thought it was over. That was the pro. I was promised. Talk about not keeping your promises. I was told that if Jimmy Clausen wasn't a ten-year starting quarterback in the NFL, I wouldn't have to see that helmet hair anymore. You know, I, you know. Obviously, I I lived in that world for a while, and I know a lot of those guys. Never had an interaction with Mel Kuyper, other than the fact that technically I worked for his website. I'm surprised by that. Actually, that's. He he started a web he started a, a website called Play the Draft, which was basically an NFL stock market, and I was I was one of the ten or so people who got invited to be in that, but I ne I've never interacted with him. Huh? Bizarre. Yeah, I guess I've never interacted with Je uh, with Jeremiah either, but it's, he came along so much later than when I was out of the out the door of the draft world. Yeah. Huh. But all those other guys, you know, been around. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, so it I've, feels I've, like... I've like I've got you know I've got McShay's number. I've got like Mike Florio's number somewhere. The name the names don't change very often on the draft coverage. If we're being perfectly honest, it's a lot of the they, same guys over and over again. They do well. One of them code was the general manager for the Raiders for a while, so that changed things up a little bit. Yeah, well, that's true. That is true. I will give you that. I gave up on ESPN's coverage a couple years ago. I've, I've been strictly an NFL Network guy. Uh, I go back and forth between the two, if I'm being honest. I think it just it just varies as to what I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, the issue is, is it's because I'm on streaming that like everything's always delayed. 
So gotcha. like, yeah. So regardless of what I'm doing, the last year we did like a Zoom thing with a bunch of people from work, and just so we could all talk about what was going on in the draft. And at a certain point, as we neared the Eagles' pick, I was like, I'm taking the headphones off and I'm walking away, so I don't see the reaction to any of this. Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. You know, uh, I want to, I want to hear the pick, and when it's not Devontae Smith, I want to break my TV in peace. Uh, but then it was, and I was like, oh, everything's all good now. <laughs> so that was fun. All right. Last thing. Give me, give me predictions. Who, who are the two players the Eagles pick in the first round? <laughs> who do I want them to pick or who are they going to pick? Give me both lists. Uh, I feel like I want them to just take defensive people. If, okay. if, if you have the option, uh, if you have the option for Jordan Davis, and I don't know if that's, you will be then I would take him. I would take him as a perfect replacement for that middle of the line that you so desperately try to sign over and over and over again. I mean, Hargrave was one of the best defensive tackles in football last year. but and let's, So let's add a giant athletic defensive tackle right next to him. Can I'm, I tell you what my issue with Jordan Davis is, aside from the fact that he shares a name with a country music singer who's been on the show a couple of times? Um, Jordan Davis, six foot six, 345-pound giant defeat man. And everyone goes and they're like, look at this combine testing. He's so explosive. He's so disruptive. Only he's not. He had, he's never been particularly disruptive at the college level. He's a run stuffer. I feel like anybody who expects more than Danny Shelton out of Jordan Davis is probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, you, you may be right. You may most certainly be right. Um, I, I just... I, I really, I, I like the idea if you're going to go defense, getting people from that Georgia, Alabama, SEC world. That's fair. Um, I also wouldn't, I wouldn't hate uh, if, if you're going to go, I, I want to go defense. I don't want to waste a pick offensively, and I know they're going to. Oh, for sure. I, I I pray that they would take a linebacker. I'd take the kid from Utah, Devin Lloyd, or I would take, uh, even though he's potentially undersized, yada, yada, no, yada. No, Dean's the guy. I would absolutely take him. He would be one, and then I would go Utah uh, if that if those were my options. Um, I, I think if you if you have if you're gonna go offense, I'd prefer to go with. Either wide receiver from Ohio State, if either is available, and I don't know if either will be. Yeah, I think um, I think Chris Olave will be because I don't I don't want to go with another guy who fits a similar style that we have coming off an ACL injury. Oh, like I, Jamison Williams. Yeah. I think Jamison Williams might be the best receiver in the draft. I don't disagree. I love me some Jamison Williams. It's but. about fit. In scheme, however, on this team. Now, He's if Rager, not the cleanest fit. If Rager is getting traded, then sure. Then it's a different story, and we can we can have a better conversation about Why it. Why would you make any decision based on Jalen Rager at this point anyway? That's true. It's a good point. Well, Howie's stubborn, so you never know. Yeah. My prediction, uh, at eight, and uh, I think they're going to think they're going to take Chris Olave at 18. I think 15 is probably going to be a trade back, and uh, I like... I like Travis Jones, the defensive tackle from UConn, to be the selection late in the first round. Nothing screams great players like guys from UConn. That's well, a college football powerhouse. Hey, look, Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> Isn't he the guy that ran out of the back of his own end zone and really loves Carson Wentz? No, no. Well, might love Carson Wentz. Didn't run out of the back of his own. Did Orlovsky do it too? I thought that was a brown. I think I mean, multiple people have for sure done it. I don't know. Well, that's certainly true. <laughs> Browns exactly definitely did it because I watched that game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What a world. What an absolute well, world the NFL is. I'm excited for the draft, though. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. A weekend to just, uh, just chill, watch football, and not worry about bullshit. But I wish it was the full weekend. I wish Me it too. was. I hate the Thursday night thing. I just hate it. I hate the three. I hate. That it's one round and then we're done, and then it's two rounds and then we're done, and then it's mm-hmm. all day Saturday. I miss I miss the the two day all day in the background situation. 
You have been to my house to on a Saturday I, morning watching correct. the draft all day. Yeah, I, there, were, there was something nice about that. Like, it's just an opportunity to spend time with your friends. You know, I, the large majority of the time, we would end up, like, watching the first 20 picks, then go out to eat, and then we'd come back, and then we'd play, like, Risk or some stupid bullshit with it on. It's just fun. Yeah, it's background noise. It's perfect. And the only time we watched the NBA draft together, Michael Jackson died. So, I mean, we can never, who knows what would happen if we watched the NBA draft. That was draft a great day again. for America. <laughs> wow. What a, what a note to end on. Great day for America. That's it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwardell. Michael Jackson was definitely guilty. Thanks for listening.